Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? I am here with Matt. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Big lead up to the first games of the season. I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, and of course, here he is to bring us all back down to earth. It's Alan. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you struggling a wee bit? I'm, it's been a tough weekend. You yeah, know? You know? You were. fingers piano bar till 5am, weren't you? Yep. Me and Connell Dupree having a few, <laughs> few, few sly beers at the bar. <laughs> That's true. It seems that the new culture at Edinburgh has been uh, embedded Great. pretty well. They've won. You want to see it? They have won it, which was good. But um, we're going to be talking loads and loads about Edinburgh and Glasgow and the upcoming season. And you may have seen on Twitter, but we have we are joined by Edinburgh's new head coach Richard Cockrell and Glasgow's assistant coach, Kenny Murray. We've got two great interviews with them, um, so please stick around for that. And um, thanks for coming back. You're obviously picking us up on Acast, iTunes, um, and you can also follow us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Podcast. And if you are listening to us on iTunes, please just get on there and leave us a review. Five stars, obviously. I mean, there are other stars, but you don't want to be one of those guys. Um, So why don't you do that like our good friend, Gareth Reynolds five star review <laughs> the title is filling a girthy gap so we don't know where this is going to go but it says there are a plethora of rugby pods out there but there are very few that actually deliver on a good balance of rugby insight humor 
that doesn't get too silly or too rugby noz like The Thistle Rugby Pod gets this balance very well with the added bonus of it being about Scottish rugby and limiting the Welsh rugby chat to Barkley being captain of the Scarlets. Well done, lads. Keep it up. Very happy to continue not speaking about Welsh rugby, aren't you? If anything... Barkley being captain of Scarlets is too much chat. It is far too much to the, uh, to the good people of Wales. Um, but as we say, the um, the main meat of these podcasts is going to be our interviews with um, Richard Cockrell and um, Kenny Murray. So you didn't hear it come here to hear us um, bleating on. So here it is, um, our chat with Richard Cockrell right now. And we're delighted to be joined on the line by Edinburgh's new head coach, Richard Cockrell. Richard, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. You guys okay? Yeah, very well. Thanks a lot for uh, for joining us. What what were you up to today? Was it a training day? No, we uh, we were up today, so I assume a bit of administration to do. But we we uh, we train Sundays and Mondays, the first part of the week, and have Tuesdays free. We're back in tomorrow for a double day. Team run Thursday, travel, and then play Friday night. Very nice. And uh, how's the squad feeling uh, ahead of the game down in Cardiff on Friday? Yeah, no, we're, we're preparing well. We've had a couple of good hit outs the last couple of weeks, so. Um, we, uh, we're a work in progress, we're working hard and um, preparing well and we've got to go to Cardiff and, and obviously try and win. So it's um, no, it's going okay. We, like, like I've said for the last few weeks, we're, we're going to work hard and um, see where it gets us. Great stuff. And it was a, a good win down in uh, Melrose on Friday night. Were you happy with what you saw down there? Yeah, well, it was an improvement on the week before where we just got just uh, got beaten by by sale. Um, commitment was good. Defence was very very. We did, did very well. Uh, working on our game, we still got a lot of good, good players to come back into the squad, which uh, which is encouraging. But now that the lads that took the field have done very well the last couple of weeks, and there's signs of, of progress. And um, but it's just the, the, the very much the start for us. It's going to be a long process of getting this team to where we'd like to get it. But certainly we've got the quality of player, and now we're starting to get a mindset that that may take us to that point. Brilliant. Uh, you, you mentioned the start there. Taking you right back, you were uh, on sabbatical down at Toulon um, and uh, when the SRU um, came knocking. Uh, I mean, what were your initial thoughts when you heard that Edinburgh Rugby were interested in you coming on board? Yeah, well, no, I wanted to meet them and see what they had to say. Obviously, um, you know, with respect, in the first instance, Edinburgh wasn't probably in, on my radar of uh, first-choice jobs, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it, was, it was certainly... Uh, an interesting conversation with Mark Dodson and, and Scott Johnson around what they saw and what they wanted for the club moving forward. And um, actually, it captured my imagination a little bit around the challenge that that, that um, entailed. And um, here I am. So, look, I mean, it's going to be a, a different challenge from what I've done previously. But like I said, having come in, there's a lot of good players. The, the mentality has actually surprised me and how hard the guys are willing to work. Um, so... There's optimism, but I, I'm very um, conscious to manage the expectation because everybody keeps saying that this is a top six team, but it's not been able to do that for a very long time. So I'm just taking it step by step and, and seeing where we can get to. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, what were your sort of impressions from from day one? What did you see around the club that you that you liked, and other areas you thought maybe needed a bit of a change? Well, I mean, first I didn't really know what to expect when I first arrived. Um, Actually, the players and the environment probably surprised me a little bit. And we've got some very good people, um, very hardworking. Um, they actually want to make it work. They've probably just, um, you know, obviously, we're, because we haven't got our own our, our own um, 
clubhouse and own training facility, you know, getting an, an actual identity is is difficult. And it's going to be something that you know we are working on. It's getting better the whole time. Um, but it, it, it's just it's a very different dynamic. Two pro teams, you know, probably a hundred professional players um, to, to to play in, in the in the pro in, in the pro fourteen, but also to produce players for the national side so it's very different from what I've been used to and obviously working with the union as well and, and trying to get the balance of club before country or is it country before club or anything and getting the balance between the, the two but um, no, generally I've actually been pretty impressed with what's there it just now needs driving in the right direction and, and hopefully I'm starting to do that yeah you've um, spent a lot of time sort of coaching and playing in both England and France is there anything sort of culturally that you found quite different up in Scotland? Um, it's difficult to put you, you know, it's very different because, um, you know, when you're in different environments, things are done differently. I think, I think the one thing that has struck me is um, the guys don't believe in themselves as much as they should. Um, they always see the negative in what they're doing rather than the positive. So, um, and that's very, very much not an English trait, and certainly not a French trait. So um, <laughs> we've got a lot of good players. We've got a good environment, and actually, um, we tend to focus on the on the on the negatives and the positives. And there's a lot of positives within within Scottish rugby and, and certainly Edinburgh rugby, and we've got to um, keep uh, driving those and improving those, and and getting some belief and confidence in in the squad, which. Um, I think we're slowly building, but I think that that will take a little bit of time. I mean, that might be slightly. Uh, I, I know I'm not a Scotsman, so I'm <laughs> understand a bit slowly. But uh, maybe they they don't rate themselves as, as well as they should. I'm um, I'm horribly cynical, so I'm probably not the best man to answer that. But um, it was good. I was down in Greenyards on Friday, and I think sort of last year, one of the big frustrations we had was just how many games, especially in the latter half of the season we lost by sort of 10 points, like really tight games. I think one yeah. of the good things from the week, from Friday for me, was just that we, we got the win. And, you know, Newcastle was sort of coming back a bit at the end, but we still sort of managed to close out that game. Um, and I think sort of one of the big differences for me anyway, was just sort of organisationally wise in defence. It was just really felt like we really sort of stepped up in comparison to last season. Is that something you've been working on quite a lot in pre-season? Oh, oh without doubt. Callum Cal McRae is in charge of defence and he's doing a very good job. Uh, and just driving our mentality around, you know, we're here to win. Like, I, I, wanna, I want us to believe that we can win. And everybody talks about winning being in a habit and all those things. But we're preparing as well as we can. That will give us some confidence in going into games and will give us a bit of belief. And that's the weekend. Probably... Um, which we probably didn't have the week before. Um, we, we probably could have beaten Sale, but we didn't quite believe in ourselves enough. And I thought at the weekend, once we got in the lead, we, we defended well, we controlled the game well, and, and actually the players believed that they could win. Um, and you know, the last last couple of minutes where we were four point four points in front, um, we were defending, and Newcastle never looked like breaking us down. So we're starting to build some belief and getting a win, and understanding that things have been practiced, some of the hard work we've been doing is. Actually, actually yeah, bearing some fruit will give us a bit more confidence going into into Cardiff, and we hopefully can can play well, win, and, and build the momentum again. Yeah, I think if you're the man to instill a winning mentality in Scottish rugby, they'll be building statues to you across the country. So, uh, good luck with that. 
<laughs> Very unlikely. Uh, <laughs> but I wanted to just touch on a couple, a couple more things just before you've got to shoot off. There weren't yep. a huge amount of incoming um, to the squad, not huge sort of uh, wholesale changes, which some people might have expected with you coming in. Was that because you broadly liked the look of the squad, or did you want to give people that chance to impress you? A little bit of both. I mean, like I've said, there's, there's a relatively small player pool of Scottish players, so when we have to have Scottish players that, that then go on to play for the national side, but also guys under contract. Uh, and also there was a feeling um, that, for whatever reason, we've not got the best out of this group of players, individual, collectively. So, um, you know, we, we've brought in three or four players, you know, Robbie Fruin and, and, and Mark Bennett, obviously key players. Um, Duane van der Merve, Will, who's injured at the moment, but he'll come through and he's a very good good player um, that's come from Montpellier, South African player. Um, but apart from those three, they've been pretty much very low-key signings. Um, but actually, we've just got to get the best out of this group. We've not got the biggest budget in the in the Pro 14, um, so we have to make the best of what we got. And then once, I think, uh, I've got the ceiling potential-wise out of this squad, then we need to build our depth of the squad so we can compete um, when the test matches are on, when we're hopefully trying to qualify and getting into Europe and uh, moving forward. So I think that's a bit of everything I need to see um, before I start changing things. It's easy to say what you don't want, but then you've got to find players to replace that and make it better. And, and, and obviously Scottish qualified guys, potentially, that will, will go on and play for the national side. So there's a, there's a, there's a, a fine balance between um, making it work for Edinburgh which is my job, and obviously making it work for the national side, which is which is you know Scotty Johnson's job, and making trying to make the thing work um, side by side. Totally, um, I think one one of the incoming signings that a lot of people are looking forward to to seeing is is Robbie Fruin. Um, is there any sort of update on when he'll maybe be returning to the to the field? Yeah, we're just getting hundred percent fit. He still he came from Bath with a slight knee problem. Um, which is now um, getting a lot, lot better. He he won't be involved this weekend, but he uh, he will be fit for for, for Newport um, as it stands at the moment, and and then hopefully we can keep him on the field and and, and having some impact on the game. But uh, no, he's a good leader. He's 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 done very well within the group. Um, he's going to have a big impact on the side, both physically, and mentally, and also leadership wise. He's got a lot. Of experience, a lot of things to offer. Yeah, and and speaking of leadership, um, you appointed Magnus Bradbury, twenty-two years old. What was it that you saw in him that um, made you want to make him the captain? Oh, one, he played how he plays, and he leads by example physically. Also, we've got to build for the future. He's just signed a, a new three-year contract. Uh, he's very very much committed to the to the club, and you've got to build. You've got to start somewhere. Um, we've had some leaders that are already still in the group that. Uh, as captain the side, which will help him. Um, but I wanted a fresh start. I wanted a, a different captain. I wanted a different voice. Um, also, and you know, I'm here for two years, hopefully longer. But um, I want to build something for the future, so some solid foundations that we can build this club around. And there's a lot of good young players, Magnus being one of them, and lots of others in the forwards and the backs that are young Scottish players that are very good players that, that hopefully will be with Edinburgh for the next you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten years. That we can build a, a solid team around and, and have some and some some success that we can continue year on year. Yeah, it's it's always been sort of a, a massive frustration that Edinburgh kind of historically has been kind of the kind of real obviously outside of the borders kind of the real hotbed of rugby in Scotland. Yet 
Glasgow seemed to have been able to really forge this identity over, especially like the last five or six years. And I think that's something Edinburgh have just really struggled with. Um, and I think, is it, is it Magnus Bradbury looking to get a fresh start? I think for us anyway, it's something that it's, it's really exciting to hear because it's something that's definitely been missing for the last sort of five years. Well, yeah, look, you know, I'm coming in a fresh, I've, I'd like to think that I've been involved in good environments, certainly the Leicester environment as a player and coach. Um, and, and culture, you know, people talk about culture, but it's what you do. It's what you do today. It's how hard you work today. It's how you behave today. Um, it's getting, trying to get better at training today um, and all those things. So um, it doesn't just happen. There's going to be a lot of hard work. We're slowly building a culture of hard work and, and commitment within the playing group, which is coming on nicely. Hopefully that will turn into our, our identity as we move forward and we build on that. But it's, it's not going to fix in a few months or a few weeks. It's going to be a longer-term project, as Glasgow was, you know, as Cornwall have done. And um, you know, if you look at Exeter in the Premiership that were promoted seven years ago to champions, and now it's a lot of hard work and there's, there's a lot of pain on the way. So, um, but it's a start for us, and you can't change anything without actually changing something. So. We're changing things slowly, and it's it's evolution, not revolution. But it's um it's put there's positive signs to this point. But like I say, um, Brilliant. the truth will be the truth will be known on Friday night at twenty five to eight when we start again. <laughs> Good stuff. And if we can just finish quickly with a couple of uh, shouts from the uh, from the Twitter account today. One from our yeah. uh, Rory Halliday, who's really interested to know who the fittest player in the squad is. I presume he means you know aerobically as opposed to aesthetically. <laughs> um, yeah, the, I mean the, fit, the the fitness has gone very well. I think lovely the conditioning coach has driven the the, the department very well, and the, the players are fitter than they've probably been for a long, long time. Um, but normally the uh, our sevens are looking very sharp, our nines are looking very sharp. So you can take out of any of those back rowers or, or nines um, who are very, very um, fit anaerobically. And um, there's guys like Darcy Graham who are exceptionally quick across the. Uh, across the 10 meter gates in the speed testing um kinghorn very much so as well very very quick across, across the gates so um we've, we're across the board i think we're pretty fit as a team great stuff and just one one final one from gordon stevenson should he put any money on edinburgh to win the pro 14 no i would i'd, I'd <laughs> keep it in his pocket if i was him <laughs> one for the um, uh one for years to come hopefully well, look, I mean, I think the, the thing is, is that there's been a, a lot of promise and a lot of under-delivering from, from Edinburgh in the last few years. Now, the, the reality is we're probably not going to win the competition. Um, that doesn't mean we're not going to have a crack every time we play, because every time we play, we're going to try and win. Um, but what I want to do is make sure that we know exactly where we're starting from. We're a bottom 14. We're going to work very, very hard, and we're going to see where that takes us now. If that takes us to the to the title, I'd be delighted. But the reality is, it's going to take a lot of hard work, and there's a lot of teams in this in this Pro 14. So it's going to be a work in progress, but we'll see. That's brilliant, um, Richard. Thanks a lot for your time. We'll let you go, and um, best of luck to you and the lads on Friday. Just thanks a lot. Cheers, guys. Cheers. What a great guy sitting in his car before going on um, Five Live, giving some time to um, the Thistle. What do you reckon, Matt? Oh, absolutely awesome. So, so interesting to hear um, just about sort of the changes he's making um, and sort of ears to the ground stuff we're hearing from within the camp. I'm quite excited about the season now. It just seems as if he's, he's making some really positive changes. 
Yeah, I mean, it seems that he's um, really going in and cracking some uh, cracking some skulls, and um, seems like the fitness program's coming on. I heard a rumor that Murray McCallum's lost ten kilos in preseason. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's, not, that is a lot. I mean, that, I mean, that's a whole host of weight. Yeah. How I, heavy is he? To know, I reckon he's got ten more on him, though. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, well, fair play. Uh, no, great. I mean, I think we've talked about it before where kind of Edinburgh rugby is a very, very comfortable life, and maybe they needed sort of cockroaches come in and really just chuck the cat amongst the pigeons. Yeah, and really give them a, a bit of a beasting. But um, right, so. Obviously, Cockerell's given us all that. Matt, you have been through, I can see you've been scribbling on your little pad again. Um, why don't you take us through um, your sort of preview of Edinburgh this season? Crack on. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've sort of run through um, the players in, players out. Um, we talked about this before, they haven't really signed that many players. Um, they've obviously brought in Mark Bennett, unfortunately injured. Fruin's still not fit. Um, Jason Harris, the winger, seems to be doing okay in preseason. Um, Darren Marford prop um, and then quite a few guys in the academy all seem quite exciting um, but I look on the other side of the ledger and not many players have left actually it was a shame that Nasty Manor didn't quite work out um, I would like to see George Turner play a bit more but apart from that they've got a, a rid of quite a bit of the sort of the driftwood um, and they've um, throughout the summer seemed to re-sign a lot of players the likes of um, sort of Bergen and Toulis and guys like that so there's actually quite a lot of stability there I think um, we said it for a long time, the positive side of things, that Edinburgh have a really strong pack. Um, I'm, I'm still not sure about the back line. Um, and there's not really been too many sort of quality signings there. But I just think that, as we mentioned, Cockrow is going to make them a really, really tough team to beat. Um, hopefully, if we if the move to Marisad works out, it becomes a bit of a, a difficult place to go. Um, playing against a Cockrow-led team is hopefully something that other teams aren't going to want to do. And what do you think of the appointment of uh, Magnus Bradbury as captain? Um, I was a bit surprised. I thought Hamish Watson would be the kind yeah. of ideal choice. I don't know if maybe because he's, he's kind of got that seven shirt locked down, they want someone who's possibly going to be more around the, the Edinburgh camp. And I know obviously Cockrell spoke a lot about kind of almost a bit of a fresh start and having someone to sort of build a team around who's um, going to be there for a long time. Um, but no, look, I'm not not excited about it. He's, he, I think he, I think he's, he's a good player. <laughs> not, not excited I'm about not, it. I'm not excited, all right? <laughs> um, I think, you know, last year he really sort of stepped up to play and was really one of sort of the, actually Edinburgh's, one of Edinburgh's star players and one of the best sort of um, flankers in the... In the, in the Pro 12, and if he can sort of carry on that trajectory, then it could be an absolute inspired choice. I know I saw somewhere today that, you know, Cockrell played in a Leicester team where Martin Johnson was made captain at 21. So, and that sort of started almost like a dynasty of winning rugby. So maybe Bradbury will start a dynasty of winning rugby at Edinburgh. And we'll win, he'll win Scotland the World Cup in 2019. I believe it. I'm there. I'm there. All Project Cockrell is All well underway. King Cockers. He is. He's getting it done, isn't he? Yeah. Um, which I think is really exciting. They start their campaign on Friday night down at Cardiff. Matt, what do you reckon to that one? Um, I think maybe a couple of years ago, or even start of last year, would have seen that as a winnable game. I think Cardiff have actually got a bit better, um, and still home advantage counts for a lot in uh, I think what can be quite a tight league. Um, but then, having said that, we've had a couple of tight games against Sale and Newcastle, which hopefully sort of stand them in good stead uh, to cope with the physicality, and obviously won that game against Newcastle. So 
Um, you know, Cockrell was saying in, in the interview there that one of the problems is that Edinburgh players, the Scottish players, don't believe in themselves enough. And, you know, if they want to progress, then they should be targeting games like Cardiff Blues away and saying, Definitely. yeah, you know, we, we should win that, that game. So hopefully they can make some sort of statement. Yeah, and I think I think it's a really good opportunity for them. What do you think their we didn't get a chance to ask ask Richard it, but what do you think their ambitions are with regard to the the Challenge Cup and um or do you think they're just gunning for that top 6, the top 7 place, sorry, to get into the um Champions Cup next year? Um I'm not quite sure. I can't really see Cockrell going into any matches and sort of playing a weakened team or not caring so much. Yeah. Um and I think, you know, the, the Challenge Cup, you can get a good stream of games to, together against some okay teams. Um, you know, okay, they played La, La okay. Rochelle last year, yeah. like, who they're doing pretty well in top top fourteen. They um, did the double against Harlequins last year. Yeah, which was exactly. Great. Um, I mean, it was great for them, but, but then it didn't really. It's not great for the league, is it? Didn't um, transfer over to yeah. the league, did it? I've heard that they are the Krasnagar, the um, their their Russian trip has been moved to Moscow. From like from Krasnagar, <laughs> or Krasnagar. Actually, okay. think which actually means that the home team are traveling further <laughs> than um, no way. Seriously. Yeah, apparently <laughs> somebody get Google. Apparently get Google Maps out. Apparently, if it's been moved to Moscow, that is further away than Edinburgh. Yeah, I was looking at flights to go to Krasnagar, and it's. I mean, it is so far. <laughs> it's it like, is like going to China. It's. Yeah, it's on like the Mongolia side. It's really, really far away. Yeah. But even, so we're, we're playing them in October and when London Irish are meant to be playing them in January, it's minus 10 in Moscow. <laughs> They're so, going to do, um, was it Stade Francais that went down there and they were just like, actually, we don't really fancy it, lads. I am fine. <laughs> I do not want to play here. Um, but no, it's pretty, I mean, London Irish have just got promoted and you've got to expect the London Irish aren't going to be putting much effort into the Challenge Cup. They're, all they care about is staying in the Premiership this year. Yeah. So you've got to be thinking that they, sh- they should be getting through that group, I think. And I think, you know, if... Um, I think you're right. I think I don't think Cock was the sort of guy that's going to be playing it fancy with the sort of Challenge Cup. I think he's going to want players to be proving themselves um, all the way through the season. You could tell from the way he was talking, I don't think he's going to be someone who's going to be resting big names because Scotland want them to be rested. I think he's wanting Edinburgh to go out, get momentum, and get no, wins. And I think if- I think the club said this week they said um, that all the Scotland, all of the players who are on the Scotland um, summer tour are available for um, selection this weekend. So he's really he's not not giving them the, any sort of extended holiday. He wants them to hit the ground running. Interesting. Maybe Alan's negativity is contagious, but. Maybe sort of bring it back and say, what is there still the weaknesses in the squad and what kind of worries you that we could just have another season again of real underachievement? Um, just before we do that, I'm just checking. The fourth team in Edinburgh's group is Stade Francais, so they're going to have to go back to Russia. They must be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> How upset are they about that? Ah, oh, poor lads. No, um, I, mean, I think the, the, pre, the pre-season fixture on um, Friday against Newcastle sort of... It was great to see sort of the defence kind of stepping up. But, you know, Bradbury and Jamie Ritchie both had actually really good games on the flanks. John Hardy was sort of his usual self. Um, and actually the pudding was looking, you know, relatively not sharp, but pretty good. He was all right. You know, he can control a game, you know. Um, and But again, that back line, it, 
it just it wasn't firing on all cylinders. You know, it's preseason; you can't be expected. And there was bigger issues that Edinburgh had to fix. And I think what would be great from our perspective is if we sort out that defence, start sort of really seeing that winning belief, and then throughout the season start seeing a bit of development in attack. I think even if you don't make it top six, top seven. I think that's sort of a real win. Because yeah. I think Cork was completely right. This this it, this isn't like a, mu- a couple of months job. This is something that's like a couple of years. Yeah. Um, I mean, he said he said you wouldn't put wouldn't ask you to put money on them to win the league, but would you put a couple of quid on them getting a, a European spot? Uh, no. <laughs> Just a flat out no, well, Matt. Matt, I mean, what do you I think? I mean, they could they could take a shot, but you got to think the, the four Irish teams. Scarlet, Ospreys, Glasgow, that's your seven right there. Yeah. They're your favourites. Definitely, to take, yeah. To, to take the seven spots. And then you've got Cardiff who are improving. You, I think they beat Exeter in pre-season. And I literally, I don't think I have any idea what the Cheetahs are going to be like. I actually, I actually have no idea. <laughs> you see they're playing their first game as it, is a Zebra at yeah. home and they're giving tickets away for no, free. free, yeah. I think Cheetahs could be, going to Bloemfontein at altitude, pretty big ask, you know. They could be okay, but... I actually think Edinburgh Here we go. Could could get a European spot. Maybe could. in that like wild card place. Yeah. Um whatever that is, like the well, seventh that, top or something. I, I was chatting to some someone about this and apparently the Pro fourteen announcement was wrong. So they announced that it was the seventh and eighth team sorry, the fourth teams from both um um conferences, it was whoever had the most points of those two. But it's not. There's gonna be a playoff fixture. Another game, great. So there's going to be a playoff fixture to get into the playoffs between those two, and apparently it was a bit of a there was a bit of a a bit of a fight because the chief execs of all the clubs obviously want that sort of nugget of additional revenue if they can get one more game by getting mm. by getting fourth. They weren't happy with the uh, the announcement, so mm. apparently we'll have to speak to someone at Pro Four at, at yeah. Pro Fourteen yeah. and get that confirmed. But I'm I'm pretty sure it's actually a a playoff now. Should we move on to well speak to Kenny Murray? Yeah, well, why not? Yeah, so we had um, Kenny Murray, assistant coach at um, Glasgow, joined us for um, a really great 15, 20 minutes, guys. So um, here he is with no further ado to interview, uh, introduce sorry, our um, Glasgow Warriors preview, Kenny Murray. And we're now joined on the line by Kenny Murray. How are you, Kenny? Yeah, good, thanks. Hope you're all well. Yeah, all, all good here. What, what were you up to today? Training day? Yeah, we had a training day today, so... Um Monday and Tuesday this week has been uh, a lot about clarity, um, sort of reviewing the Dragons game, um, basically putting things uh, right that we need to fix, um, but also looking forward to the, the Connacht game, um, looking at some of our new plays and just anything that um, we feel we need to work on early in the week. So Monday and Tuesday for us is a real sort of uh, clarity uh, couple of days, and then we build up the sort of uh, tempo and the sort of intensity of the week between sort of Thursday and into Friday. Great stuff. And um, how have you felt that um, pre-season's uh, gone for you guys? Obviously, I was at uh, the match at Bridge Hall. It was a bit of a, a tight a tight loss, but a decent showing from the young lads. And then you pretty much blew the Dragons away. So um, are you feeling good about that progression? Yeah, I think um, we were really happy with pre-season. Obviously, pre-season can be a bit jointed um, because you get so many of your guys away um, with international teams uh, during the summer tour. So... You know, we had about what seventeen, eighteen Scotland players away, so it's an opportunity to really focus in on the sort of the, the, the other guys in the squad and those young players coming through. So.
So we had a real focus this year on sort of going back to basics a bit and, and developing the basic skills and really um, sort of focusing on what we need to work on to develop our game. So um, we focused on that and we also had a real focus on conditioning. And, and probably for me, we, we look as if we're fitter than we've ever been before. Um, a lot of guys have got personal bests and um, so, some of the fitness tests they've been doing. And I think that showed in the, in the Northampton game. Um, I thought the pace and tempo of the game sort of blew Northampton away for parts of it. So, yeah, we're really pleased with that. Um, I think the, the Dragons game last week was, was a tough game away with a young team out again. Um, and first half was probably a bit disappointing for us in terms of our performance. We, we didn't defend particularly well, um, didn't take our chances when we got them, but we, we had a really, really good second half. So, yeah, really pleased where we are at the moment. And when you've got a guy like uh, Masaga who can set up a try from his own five-metre line, that, that doesn't do any, your chances any harm, does it? Yeah, that, that was pretty much his uh, first touch of the ball, I think. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, Looks it, like it, he can it, play it, a bit. Sorry? It looks like he can play a bit. Yeah, yeah, he's a good player. Um, obviously, Dave knows him um, a lot better than the coach. He's, he's seen him before, worked with him before, but uh, he's obviously an outstanding ball carrier. He's, he's quick, um, very, very physical. Not only when he's ball carrying balls, when he's defence, he really uh, packs a punch and everything he does. But, you know, that, that ball carry he had against the Dragons really... Um, showed what he's capable of. The, the, the blind side wing forward that he hit in the first um, contact went back as if he'd been in a car crash. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're, really, we're really looking forward to seeing him play over the next next few weeks. Yeah, definitely. Um, you, you mentioned him there, Dave Rennie. He's the guy that sort of got all the, the Glasgow and Scotland fans excited. Um, what's been his sort of immediate impact that you've seen on, on the club? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, obviously he's only been here for a few weeks, but um, before, during pre-season, and we've um, had a lot of Skype meetings with him, so we've been meeting with him twice a week, just sort of updating on the sessions and, and how the week's been going and doing a lot of forward planning. So, even though he's only been here for two weeks, so there's been a lot of communication with him before that. But, you know, the, the first day he came in, he, he, his plan was to sort of um, just sort of sit back and watch. But um, just because he's such a hands-on guy in terms of coaching, he, he was right in and getting involved in it. So it was excellent to see that. Um, he's really, really clear about what he's looking for. Um wants to bring a, a sort of level of brutality and physicality to our defence, um, but also making sure we're playing at a real high-tempo uh, uh, game of rugby that we've been used to playing before under Gregor as well. So, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a great guy, great personality. Um, he doesn't mix his words. Um, he says what he wants to say, um, and he's really clear about uh, getting messages across. On, on the face of it, um, so Dave Rennie and Gregor Townsend's styles of rugby would be quite similar in terms of sort of playing quite an open, free-flowing, expansive game. Um, but what are the sort of major differences that you've seen between the two coaching styles? Um, yeah, I think you're right. They, probably, they, they do have the same sort of philosophy in how they want the game to be played. Um, obviously, that high-tempo game... Um, I think um, Dave is very much um, about players playing what they see in front of them and doing the obvious. So where um, he's obviously really focused on the structure of the attack as well. He's really pushing the guys to play what's in front of them, probably more so than we have done in previous years. So whether we're sort of deep in their own half or whether we're you know, in the attacking team's half, where we he's really challenging players to, to sort of do the obvious and play what's in front of them. So that's when I... I a really good, sort of exciting sort of uh, step forward for us as a club, um, and I think just uh, 
the sort of philosophy of how they see the week going as well. Um, sort of New Zealand mindset is to see the to build up the the pressure and build up the tempo as the week goes on. Whereas maybe traditionally in Scotland we've done our hard work at the start of the week and then tapered off. So there's just slight differences like that. But um, you know, obviously both of them um, have been great to work under in terms of what how how they coach and what. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. That's great. You, you're focused on sort of defence. What's been sort of the big things you've been looking at in pre-season that you've been wanting to sort of build on? Yeah, obviously one of the things is the laws. Is, um, this year have changed a little bit, so um, we have a big focus on our tackle technique um, and working on um, what we're calling big back in the game. Um, so <laughs> we're looking for our guys to be defending, tackling and getting back in the game. Um, you're no longer allowed to sort of tackle and just sit about that that sort of tackle zone in the wrong side of the ball. Um, so <clears throat> the referees are really put punishing players to do that now. So with the big focus on um, being really dominant with our tackles but getting back in the game. Um, and also we're a team who like to get line speed in our defence. So that's, that's been something we've a bit of a focus on as well. Um, so yeah, just just getting a lot of our basics done right, um, and then just um, our systems and processes in defence. Just making sure we're nailing that, and the players have got really good clarity on, on what we're defending and how we're defending. That's great. I mean, um, one of the other changes that, that Dave's made is obviously appointing Ryan Wilson as the uh, the captain for the year. What was it that, that that you and the sort of the coaching side staff saw in him that thought he's the man to take uh, Glasgow forward to that next level? Yeah, I think. Um, Ryan's obviously captain the side before. Um, I think that's what a lot of people forget. He's he's captain the side the times before, so he's got really good leadership qualities. He's a sort of guy who leads um, by his actions. Um, you know, I think anybody watching Scotland in the summer would have seen that. It was excellent for Scotland, um, but also for us last year, he was a really key player for us. Um, he brings a level of physicality and intensity that other players follow, um, and he also. Um, what he says as well he's a guy who's a confident speaker he knows the game well um, he's got a really good um, relationship with the rest of the players and, and high levels of respect from the rest of the players he's the sort of guy that when he speaks players listen so I think that was the sort of main reasons and rationale for, for us um, making him captain um, obviously guys like Johnny have been, been injured and, and out for a while so we just want to make sure we get guys in place that are going to be playing um, over the next few while yeah, I know. Sort of um, last season, we we struggled a little bit during the sort of Six Nations period. Has that sort of influenced your thinking on recruitment over the summer? I know we made made a lot of really great signings. I think 
out of all the Pro 14 signings, I, th I think we've maybe made the best signings. But has that influenced your decision making at all? Yeah, I think um, I think everybody recognises that. But last year during those international windows, we we didn't really reach our performance um, levels. Losing games in those windows affected our, over, our sort of overall position in the league. So. Yeah, um, recruiting players that are going to be available to play in those windows at that time of year has been important for us this year in terms of um, who we've recruited. So, yeah, that, that's one of the main reasons for it. And obviously, as you highlight there, the, the quality of the players we're bringing in are, are, are excellent. You know, the cable is a, a man mountain of a, a prop um, and he's, he's a mobile guy, so we can see him causing real damage this year in our league. And also... Obviously, Calum Gibbon played against the British Lions for the Hurricanes, and people saw how good he was. So, yeah, we've seen some we've seen some really good players that we're looking forward to seeing on the pitch. And how have those two lads um, settled in at, at training this week? Yeah, good. Um, they're both in full training. Um, they've been doing full contact, and they'll be under consideration for uh, the next couple of weeks in terms of playing. Um, but yeah, really, really integrating well with the squad. Um, obviously, they're making relationships with the players at the moment. Um, We've been doing a lot of work on culture um, sort of this week, so they've been getting involved in that. Um, Callum's also part of a defence leaders group, so he's been getting stuck into that and coming up with different ideas and stuff about how we can improve our defence. So, yeah, they're, they're fully integrated and both of them seem as if they're, they're you know, like great personalities. Um, always probably a lot bit quieter than Callum. Callum's a real music guy, likes to play the guitar and stuff like that. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so He's a talented individual, but yeah, no, they're both, they're both, both as if they're settling in fine. It also seems, um, sort of on top of those sort of um, well-known names, that Glasgow have done a really good job of developing young players in the last few years. Um, who are the guys that you're really looking forward to sort of seeing come through um, t throughout this season? Um, I think in the backs, um, the guys for me are um, obviously George Horn and Adam Hastings now, so George at 9 and Adam at 10. Mm. I think against the Hampton, against a very good side, they both performed really well. Um, Adam looked quite mature in his game, obviously he's got things he needs to work on and develop, but you know he's, he's only a young guy, so I thought, I thought both George and, and Adam are, are, are going to be fighting prospects this year. Also Patrick Kelly um, at centre, um, he's a young guy that's just, this is him in his first year of pro rugby. Um, haven't come out of the academy, but again, he's got an excellent try against the Dragons this week, um, or last week, and uh, we think he's got a real bright future as well, he's a big strong runner. I think it's sort of younger than that, it's Stafford McDowell, um, the young academy boy, um, so he's played Scotland under 20 last year, he's only 19, um, he's at Air Stafford, um, but Stafford again is you know, he's six foot five, big strong runner, great hands, can kick the ball, so he's, he's got a really exciting future ahead. In the forward pack, um, we could say Xander Fagerson because he's still young, but I suppose yeah. in terms of international rugby now, you think he's actually he's in there, he's not young anymore, but I think um, Matt Smith um, and, and uh, Matt Fagerson, both of them coming through as, as back rows, um, I think we're going to see a lot from them in the next season and into the next, uh, the next two seasons. Um, so yeah, those are the ones that are sort of exciting me at the moment. Yeah, there's a real batch of young players coming through at the same time that all really, really exciting. So, yeah, definitely. So, what what sort of side uh, are, are we going to see put out on Saturday? Is that going to be one that's um, based on that sort of youth with a, with a few of the older lads coming back in? Yeah, without, without, without telling you the team. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can, you absolutely can, if you want, Kenny. 
I think what we expect to see is a good blend of uh, youth and experience. Um, we've been really committed to sort of um, backing the guys of really showing up in pre-season. So some of those guys will be involved against Connor. Um, but obviously, this is the week that um, some of the international guys are allowed to return to play for on sort of their pre-season after the summer tour. So some of those guys will come back in as well. So we'll, get a, we'll see a good mixture in there. Um, but yeah, we'll be a strong squad we'll want to be out this week. So, sounds sounds great. And how are the um, the sort of big name injuries um, recovering? Hoggy and uh, Johnny Gray are they on the mend? Hoping to see them soon. Yeah, I mean doing well. Obviously, I think Hoggy's initial um, return to play date was around about November. We're hoping he's going to be back um, before that. Um, he's been out training on the pitch and um, doing some running. So yeah, he's been he's been doing well. Um, Johnny again, he was out in the pitch to do today doing some stuff. So. Um, yeah, obviously they'll have to not return until they're fully fit, but um, they're both on track to be back on, on time of return to play, if not before. Um, same for Fraser Brown as well. So, yeah, obviously it's, it's frustrating that you don't have some of those guys playing your best players, but that's the nature of our sport, unfortunately. We have to, we have to deal with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, we'll just finish off. We, we we asked a couple of folk on on Twitter to to send in some questions, but don't worry, they're they're pretty soft. Um, the the black and red, who's a sort of a fan account for Edinburgh rugby, actually wanted to find out if anyone's made um, Dave Rennie smile yet. Uh, yeah, well, uh, a few people made him smile. He's uh, he does smile. Um, we had a manager with a sort of uh, coffee down at. Um, uh, with Dragons at the weekend so also Dave's still getting to know us all so we did a sort of um, two truths and one lie sort of uh, wee game between us all so there was some uh, real fun in that so that brought a few smiles to his face but now he, he does smile he's a oh yeah he's, a, he's, a, he's got an excellent personality <laughs> and he's also he's been out in the uh, he's been out in the press to, in the last couple of weeks um, saying that he still wants to sign a Sign a couple of uh, new players. Is there any um, exclusives you can give us on who's going to be joining <laughs> Glasgow? Uh, not, not tonight. Uh, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> maybe tomorrow, <laughs> eh? Definitely not tonight, but maybe, maybe tomorrow. So, yeah, well, that is good. Well, we we'll must have bone on that one. Yeah, well, we'll keep an eye on the uh, the Glasgow social media tomorrow to keep uh, to find <laughs> out that one. Um, and I guess just finally, another thing that uh, we've asked you an awful lot of questions about your boss, but I'm afraid I'm going to finish on one. He's been yeah. in the press today saying that the only sort of measure of success for Glasgow is winning the the, the Pro 14. Is that something that the whole squad sort of bought into and working towards? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think obviously David said to the players as well, you know, his expectation is that we are striving to win the Pro, the pro 14. Um for us, other, you know, you can always reset goals if you if you don't win that. It's not one way you win it, but I mean, we've we've got to be um, pushing to win that, and that's how we feel we are from a performance perspective in terms of the squad we've got. So, yeah, you know, if you don't if you don't aim to win the competition, what you know, what, why are you playing in it? So, yeah, that's that's driven through, and I think that's what he's pushing with the guys, players, and coaches as well. That everything we do and the quality of what we do is all geared into to winning the competition. So. It just pushes everybody to, to improve the standards and everything they're doing. That's great. And, you know, you've been involved in rugby in Glasgow for the last sort of 15, 20-odd years. 
back yeah. when you were at sort of like Carth and Queen's Park, did you think Glasgow would be fighting out with the best clubs in Europe? Um, no, probably not. I, mean, I remember back in the day when I was a, a rugby development officer about 20 years ago, I used to go and watch Glasgow um, back at Hewenden, sometimes up at um, Fir Hill. But, you know, we, whenever we played the big guns in European rugby or even in the, the, the sort of the old uh, league, if it was then, the Celtic League, we, we never really competed with the better teams. So, yeah, to see where we are now, I think... Guys like Greg, I need to take a lot of credit for that as well. You know, and Sean Manning, guys that have, have sort of built the club up as head coaches. So, and they've taken over at a time when, you know, Sean and Gregor have got us to, to where we are, really. So, it's about, you know, maintaining that and pushing us forward even more. Absolutely great. That's great. Um, Kenny, we'll, uh, we'll let you go. And uh, best of luck for the season and on Saturday against Connacht. Thanks a lot for your time. Okay. So there you go, almost an exclusive for the Thistle. There is going to be a Glasgow signing announced tomorrow. Nakawara, he's coming. <laughs> yeah, he said it. He said it offline. Yeah, he said it offline. <laughs> <laughs> we we should confirm. He did not say that offline. Itoji is coming to Glasgow. It could be. It could be. A, could be Itoji. I heard he wasn't very happy. I know, and they just signed Owen Farrell on a five-year contract. So. Interesting indeed. Well, what, what did you make of Kenny there? I thought that was really, really fascinating. Yeah, no, it was good. Obviously, he's um, been sort of kept on from sort of the old regime, so he's kind of going through that kind of transition process. I think he's sort of had his four years with sort of Gregor Townsend, and he he kind of joined right when Glasgow really started kind of being a bit of a heavy hitter. Yeah, in, um, definitely. In the Pro Twelve, I think his first season they were runners up, and then they sort of won it the year after. And um, no, clearly someone who sort of made his way up through sort of the actual sort of system. So an um, interesting guy to speak to. And I think what I was saying is true. We've got, I think, signings Glasgow made are really good. And and I said, the young players coming through, Matt Ferguson, yeah. George Horn, Matt Smith. I know you saw a lot of them at the Northampton game. They're really class. Yeah, I mean, George Horn in particular, that, that 9-10, as Kenny Murray was talking there, it sounds to me like they're going to be lined up to start at the, uh, at the weekend. They looked really good. I mean, George Horn is so quick. And I think just the sevens experience, just he sees the game a little bit differently, sees the space, and um, his service is electric. Really, really impressed. Obviously, they, they lost that game by two points, which is you know, disappointing. It sounds like they could have won it. But this is the Northampton team that beat Ulster at the weekend I think it was 55 points to 12, you know, yeah. like, and that it was Ulster's full team with Charles Peartown and stuff in it. And, and I think by the end of that, that game in particular, you know, it was squads of 28 and Glasgow much more than Northampton. By the end of it, it really was like the kids, like loads of academy boys, like guys who are not really going to feature for the first 15 or even that first 15 squad at all this year. Um, whereas Northampton kept it fairly, kept quite a lot of the lads in there. Luther Burrell played a lot of minutes who's absolutely massive, by the way. Yeah. Um, not, but seeing Big Brian in the flesh is on, honestly the best thing ever. He's too big. There's no way he's 23. Look, he's 23, all right? He's not, leave him alone. <laughs> he's had a hard life. I really, I, I now really, really want him to play for Scotland. Whether it is by merit or whether just for the fun of it, I really <laughs> want him to get a Scotland cap. Um, no, it's good. I think George Horn's obviously been crushing it in the seventh circuit this year. And there's a few of those a few players have been doing well in the seventh circuit, like sort of maybe Farndale, who 
doing well as sevens, but you you kind of just don't feel like they've got the game to be able to transition over to fifteens. Whereas I think Horns is someone who looks as comfortable playing sevens as he does playing playing nine for Glasgow. And it, I felt even from that game, it looked like him and Hastings were sort of getting a real tasty pairing. Um, yeah, a tasty pairing. An eh? old tasty pairing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and then look, Hugh Jones, Ollie Kebble, Callum Gibbons. These are guys who have proved it at. In this in Super Rugby, sort of week in week out, and yeah, and Hugh Jones is scoring tries for fun for um for Western Province in the Curry Cup as well. He's looking really great. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's quite surprising. I I didn't think he'd be back so quickly actually, and it seems as if he's sort of come back a bit ahead of schedule and looks really fit. So, um, really, really positive. Yeah, and on that, obviously, we've talked about it a huge amount, but on on that Dave Rennie stuff, Matt, Matt, what do you think? he's going to bring to these guys do you think he's the guy that can help bridge that gap that we saw between Glasgow and Saracens at Alliance Park last year yeah I, I hope so um, I think that you know the teams he's had in the past are not very sort of like Saracens-esque they do play like an open game and it's maybe not so much about like having a, a huge kind of juggernaut pack um, but I think as, as Kenny Murray was talking about it's that kind of tempo style of play that if you can get bigger packs moving around, um, is is the way to win. Um, I, yeah, I I think that he can be. I think that um, he'll bring a sort of technical edge from New Zealand that the country's sort of the their rugby is renowned for. Um, little little things. I think Jamie Batty was interviewed um, in the summer and he was just saying like his sort of his skill set has improved so much since he's been there. Um, and then I think mentally as well, just because Rennie has come from such a winning pedigree. Um, you know, he's, he's won the Super 15, whatever it was back then, twice. He's been in the playoffs loads. Um, so he knows what it takes to, to win consistently. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I'm, yeah, I'm pretty positive about him. I think, you know, when we watched that Saracens game, there was a bit of sort of, we just weren't winning the collisions. And I think you can see with a couple of the signings, sort of people like Ollie Kebble, Callum Gibbons, and Halakum Kama. Yeah, that guy. No. <laughs> You're not going to know that. It's, it's even written down. You're not read. Is that the nuke? Hala Nuko Nuka. We've decided, Alan, we're calling him the nuke now. Or the nuke. Remember. Not Hala Chiminana. Look, um, I'm struggling, all right? All right, leave me alone. And the nuke. I think there's certain players in the Glasgow squad who are such sort of Xander Ferguson. And even to a point, sort of Johnny Gray, who are still developing and they're really, really good players. But I think in that Saracens game, I think they struggled a little bit with the real speed and intensity that Saracens brought, not only to sort of defence, but also in their sort of attack. Absolutely. And I actually think we've brought in the right sort of players to complement a lot of the younger Scottish forwards that we have. And, um, you know, we talked about that. I, I think... I've, I think we all agree out of the Pro 14 sides, Glasgow have sort of really done the best job in the transfer market. Such, such good business they've done. Okay, so let's look at the domestic competition. They start against Connacht on Saturday. Matt, they want to win it. Are they going to win it? What, they want to win the whole... They want to win the whole the thing. Whole I'm sorry, that was um, a really bad intro. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me, let me, let me clarify. <laughs> they obviously want to beat Connacht, but they, yeah. Dave Rennie said they want to win the whole thing. Do you reckon they can? Yeah, as Alan just said, I think that they have recruited by far the best. I was looking at all the transfers today and you know, no one I don't, I don't think has recruited nearly as well as them. Um, 
Yeah, I think they can win it. I think there's still some very good teams in that league, and I think they'll be tested going on the road to South Africa in particular. In particular, but yeah, I think they can win it. And you know, we've talked about expectations in Edinburgh and believing in yourself, and I think they should believe that they they can win it. Yeah, and then okay, so let's take that out to Europe, where they obviously fell down in the first round of the knockouts last year. They've got an absolutely shocking pool: Exeter, Leinster, and Montpellier. I mean, that's about as hard as they come. But were we saying that this time last year about Glasgow's pool? Uh, no. Were we not? Not as hard. Not as hard. Mainly because I don't think we'd started the pod yet. But, you know, before we were talking, <laughs> um, before we were talking um, online, you know? Well, extra what? Premiership champions. Leinster, probably the most consistent team in, the, in Pro 12. And Montpellier literally just bought all the best players in the world. Have you seen they've been linked with um, Fafana as well? Really? Which would make it um, Pinar, Cruden and Fafana as their 9, 10, 12. I mean, it's like pretty hard. Like, <laughs> oh, sorry, and their number eight is look, Louis, Louis Pickamore, So Look, George Horn and Adam Hayes are good, but it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough crowd. It is, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I just think they're going to struggle. Sorry, speaking of um, Aaron Cruden, did you see he was interviewed this week about Dave Rennie yeah. going to... And then amazing. right at the end of it, Dave Rennie had said to him, basically, you know, when you finish Montpellier, do you want to like head home to New Zealand via Glasgow for a bit? And Cruden was like, yeah, I might consider it. How good would that be? That would be... Well, maybe Vern would want to do a swap. We take Cruden, send Finn off to have his time in France that he really wants to do. I'm not anti that. <laughs> let's, let's just say we... We are shotgunning that as the sort of agency fee yeah. for that deal because yeah. we, we came up with it, essentially. We're brokering that deal. Yeah, that's fair. But I think but Glasgow kick off their Champions Cup against Exeter away, don't they, down at Sandy Park? That's not an easy place to go to. No, it's not an easy place to go to. And I think Exeter are going to be targeting the Champions Cup so hard this season. Yeah, because they've, they've, they've been a bit like Glasgow where they've been kind of punching around the top four of the Premiership but have never really been able to compete in the Champions Cup. Definitely. And obviously, now they've won it. Um, this is kind of their next step. So no, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, I want to ask a question, pick up on something that I wanted to ask Kenny Murray, but the conversation moved on. Ryan Wilson, leading by example. Discuss. Uh, Hanny, discuss. <laughs> um, Thanks for that hostile pass. Um... No, I think that he has had his like disciplinary issues in the past, and I mean they did they did rear their head against Australia in the summer, but clearly the coaches do rate him highly, and you know we know a lot about rugby, but they probably do know a bit more than us. I reckon they probably know Ryan Wilson more than we do. Yeah, but. exactly. And like he's for for quite a few years though, he has been like a, a first pick for now for Cotter and Townsend, and then Rennie clearly sees something that he that's likes. So I, I think that's fine, but. Can you point me to a game where he's... Or maybe I'm just biased on international because I don't think he's ever stepped up on an international I, level. I thought when we went and watched the Saracens game, he was actually the best forward hmm. in a struggling pack. But no, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't pick him in my Scotland back row starting. But maybe he's like he's been in Glasgow for ages. He like knows the club. He loves the club. You know, I'm, I'm not massively against it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the, the response. I'm not massively against it, but I'm not like massively pro it either I think clearly he's massively highly regarded by everyone in Scotland and Glasgow and to be fair he does put in pretty regularly good shifts at the sort of of, um, 
Pro 12 level. And um, and I think you're right. I think he is someone that really, at international level, really does need to step up. Um, but for Glasgow, and again, sort of Leicester last year, especially in both those two games, I think, played really, really well. And I think you're right. Against Saracens, he was sort of one of the few players in the pitch that really sort of stepped up um, that day. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I just... It gives away so many penalties and so many yellow cards. I mean, that Australia game was one of the most. I mean, it's just, I don't know what he's doing. He flops over the ball and he just gives them away. And I don't know. It's, um, I really hope he does well because I think he is probably one of the, he's obviously one of the good guys at Glasgow and he's doing something right. But from a fan perspective, the number of times you're tearing your hair out because Ryan Wilson's given away a penalty, it's um, far too many for me. But um, let's talk about something else. We touched on Kennedy there, the big injuries. Um, Johnny Gray... Stuart Hogg, Fraser Brown, all out for the start of the season, but he seems quite confident they're going to come back. Mm. What uh, impact do you think that's going to have on them? You know, I was just sort of trying to balance our pretty positive discussion by thinking about, well, you know, they are three of their best players and right through the spine of the team. And, and I even think that, I think Seymour's available now, but considering he went in the Lions tour, they, they might top, sort of, top try scoring well, yeah, Lions legend Tommy Seymour. But there, there is, I did read some chat that he's going to have an extended rest period. So those are like yeah. four of your best players and four of your most senior yeah. players. I think this weekend is technically the first weekend when players that yeah. went on the Lions tour can play. Yeah. But it's being judged on a case-by-case basis. And I've seen, you've seen like Saracens aren't playing in the yeah, Lions exactly. even next week for the Premiership. Um, or no, sorry, this week. Um, so yeah, I think it's pretty big loss i think actually particularly johnny gray because i think when he hasn't played in the second row um they've struggled to sort of replace that um and they haven't really signed anyone in the second row that i can think of um no it'll probably it'll be um swinson i mean cummings has looked very good in pre-season absolutely jets to finish off that um yeah really good try um, but I still think that like Johnny Gray is, is a better player than him and, and Swinson and he, he was their captain last year. So and Hogg just sort of like I think breeds confidence in the whole team and can make something out of nothing. And that is definitely that's definitely a weakness for them in terms of, you know, fullback in general. Is it mm. it looks like it's probably gonna be Rory Jackson though. Looks like it. Rory Hughes was playing in Rosa Hughes. He he made one an option. Made one really good run against. Um, yeah, and then we got Brandon Thompson, Thompson as well, who looked pretty handy. I mean, you're going to struggle to find someone who's near the level of Hawk, so it's always going to be a step down. Yeah, but yeah, I suppose Rory Jackson's solid enough, isn't he? I wouldn't call him solid, but he can <laughs> he can play rugby. <laughs> he can play rugby. Well, that is very good. I actually have a quick quiz for the lads. Have you got, have you got a quiz? I've got a very quick quiz. Okay. A right. very quick quiz. Let's do it. There is five backs in the Glasgow rugby team who have scored, who have 100 caps. Who are they? So there's five guys. So obviously not Sean Lamont. Not Sean Lamont. Not, he's gone. It's over. <sighs> five backs on the Glasgow Warriors website that officially have 100, 100 caps. caps. Who are these guys? Oh man, this is. Uh, I don't think I'm feeling very good about this at all. <laughs> Come on, you, what you got? Yeah, Pete Horn. Yeah, that's correct. I also have Pete Horn. Right, number one. Who's your number two? I've written Stuart Hogg, but I don't think it's right. Stuart Hogg is correct. Stuart he's, he's got the Hundy. Stuart Hogg's got Hundy. Didn't, didn't put Hogg. Oh, unlucky mate. Uh, I put Rue Jackson. 
That was that's one of the good ones. Ah, that yeah, is a good no, one. He's got like 113 or something. How about Richie Vernon? No, he's in Ooh, the 90s. He's in the 90s. <laughs> well, because he would have got caps in the back row before he got in the in the backs as well. Um, who else you got? Oh, Pergos. Yeah, mate. Pergos. Yeah, Pergos would have had a hundred, wouldn't he? That's that's four. You got. So there's one. One, I mean, I don't have it written down. Have you got right, one more? So, we talk, it's 3 2 to you. So, I how, hope Dave how, gets a shot how at, can, the, at the draw. How can it be 3 2? There's only four players that have been named. Yeah, but you, some of you both got you both got one of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> cool. Who's um, your guy? Who you got a shot. is my shot guy? The draw. Alex Dunbar. He's on 99. <laughs> <laughs> Come he was on. my final guy as well. Was it yeah. Tommy Seymour? Tommy oh, Seymour. Yeah, Seymour as well. Okay, cool. Ah, oh, Tommy. Okay, well, you know, I was, I was, that was a better performance than I thought when I first heard the uh, first heard the question. Yeah, um, Rui Jackson's the snake in the grass comes back with his hundred and thirteen caps already there. I think he's going to do well. I'm feeling good about Rui actually. No, it's good. So I feel bad for it. Ryan Grant looked all right on Friday. He was, yeah. he was chucking himself around. But they seem to Edinburgh have announced this um Leicester guy. This Le- the Italian Leicester lad. Yeah. Who obviously Cockrell likes a look of or else he wouldn't be bringing him in. But I don't think it doesn't look like Grant's getting anything north of the border. So what what does that mean for the lad? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it was well, more I, it was more of a rhetorical question. I didn't think I think I think Cockrell's still sort of probably chucking out that if he works hard he might have may have a chance of getting a contract so it'd be inter- it'd be interesting to see what his next yeah. steps are because i think we he comes across as sort of a very nice guy and um he did have a couple of seasons of really being sort of a world-class player and if you get even sort of ha- half that form back yeah it'd be quite be great yeah right so lads let's let's finish off here and make some predictions which we will come to regret so starting with glasgow and you alan where do you think they're going to finish in the pro 14 I think they'll come fourth and get knocked out in the semis. Fourth and knocked out in the semis. And what do you think they'll do in Europe? Wait, is it top six going to playoffs? Mm. Top six goes into the playoffs, but so, the, the winners so, of each pool go straight to the semis. Yeah, so I think they'll come... Oh, yeah, wait. <laughs> they'll come second in the pool and they'll get through the first playoff round but get knocked out in the second playoff round. Okay. And what do you reckon in Europe? Uh, we'll win the Challenge Cup. Can they do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you're not so knocked out of the the Champions Cup. Yeah. And then go on to win the challenge. Yeah. That's quite a shrewd little shout, isn't it? It's a <laughs> it's a, neg- it's a very negative shout. Shrouded in a bit of positivity. Yeah. That's... I'm, I'm trying to I'm I'm try- baby steps me. I can't be going straight <laughs> to the positivity. All right, I'm trying. Okay, what about Edinburgh then? Uh I think they will come fourth and they will lose their playoff game. So you think they'll get into that playoff round and lose it? Yeah. Okay, and what about Europe? And they'll get knocked in the quarterfinals of Europe. So through the through the group, and yeah. I think they'll get through the group as well. Looking yeah, at it, yeah. this Stade Français are not going to be arsed. Stade Français are a all. bit budget at the moment, actually, as well. And you've got the Russian side and London Irish and London Irish. You don't care. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, they could do a nice little run in that. Okay, Matt. Same questions to you. Start with Glasgow. Where do you reckon they're finishing in the Pro Fourteen? Uh, I actually agree with Alan that they'll get knocked out in that second playoff to so the semi final. Okay. Right. Nice and exciting for everyone out there listening. Sorry, I just that was genuinely why he stole my view. So, um, and then in Europe, 
I'm going to say they'll get to the quarterfinal again. They're getting out. Oh, Ooh, they're getting out of that group. We didn't think they were going to do it last year. And they we've got, we've got to be going. They'll, right. they'll finish like they'll finish the um, what is it, best runner up or something. Best runner. I mean, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. What they got last year, which means you're seeded poorly, so you're screwed anyway. Ooh, so they've got to win and score a lot of points against like Saracens again. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's in the group. I mean, I think, in the group. I think That's gonna be pretty yeah, tricky. I think they'll get through because I, I actually think Montpellier are a work in pro, pro, progress. Yeah, and they, they might could be beat Leinster at home. If they had to beat Leinster away, they could do it, and they could beat Exeter at home. All right, yeah, I good. quite like that. We've yeah. got to be going on a tour, surely, for a Glasgow away match. Montpellier? Montpellier, I'm I'm gonna go to Exeter. Oh yeah, my grandparents live. Oh yeah, your so. grandparents are down there, aren't you? Um, for what it's we've only got one spare bed. So. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> um, Edinburgh, Mount Edinburgh now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go on to Edinburgh. What do you think? I think they'll finish mid-table, but their performances will be quite good. Middle of middle of what table? Of their pool, which means they won't get into the. I mean, if they finish middle of their table, they're getting somewhere. Wait, I, I think they'll finish like... Pools are seven, so... Okay, well, they'll finish... They won't get into the playoffs. Though, so they'll finish fifth. Time. Yeah, fifth. But actually, they'll perform quite well. And it'll be like, yeah, they did quite well. Um, what about Europe? <laughs> I was going to say they'd meet Glasgow in the final of the Challenge Cup. <laughs> oh. But then if I think the Glasgow are going to get through to the quarters, then... Yeah, uh, you really stuffed really yourself on that. I think to the semis, but they'll probably get through to the quarters as well. So, Fair yeah. enough. I think that's not not too bad for what it's worth. I think Glasgow will finish. I think they'll top the pool. I'm going to be super positive. I'm going to be that guy. I think Dave Rennie's going to make a massive difference. I think the signings that they've made are going to let them play all year round and hoover up points during the international windows, which I think will allow them to win their group. And then, ah, fuck it. I'm going for it. They're going to win. They're winning the Pro 14. <laughs> They're winning. I like that, I like that a lot. Yeah, so did I. Just you wait. <laughs> now, Cham- Champions Cup, I think, is going to be very, very difficult for them to get out of the pool. I just think the quality they're going to come up against. And, you know, that initial round of games, they're going to South Africa the week before and then going down to Exeter. That is going to be really difficult. Edinburgh, I actually agree with Alan. I think they're probably going to finish fourth. I think Cocker is going to make a big difference. And I think during those winter months, he'll put together a pack and a 10-man efficient game of rugby, which will make mm. them difficult to beat. So I think they'll be able to hold on, and um, they won't lose that many during the international windows. Not as much as Glasgow, Glasgow anyway. Yeah. So, And they've got, looking at the fixtures, and it's not something we're going to detail of, but they've got a much easier first half of the season. Yeah, get they're, off to a good start. They're playing, they can, if they can get off to a good start and get, uh, get some momentum going, um, I think they're going to put themselves in a really good stack because then they'll come up against the big Irish teams in the new year when they'll lose a lot of players yeah. to um, the Six Nations. What about Europe? Europe, um, oh, why not? Semi-finals of the... Um, they'll definitely get through the group. Is it going to be like the best season for the pro teams ever? <laughs> it's going to happen. Look, it's what we're basically saying. I think this is what we are saying. And I think on that positive note, why don't we leave you guys to dream of uh, Friday night, the start of the new season. Um, we'll be with you every week. Um, throughout it so thanks a lot for joining us get onto iTunes leave us a review hope you enjoyed it cheers for another week cheers guys bye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.